Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirev and Dafyomi. We're now at the beginning of the fifth chapter of Nidarim, which continues with the theme we dealt with in the fourth chapter, which is the relationship between the Madir and the Mudar. Uh, our Mishnah, our Mishnayot, will be taking us in a slightly different direction and will be focusing chiefly on the relationship, well, at least at the beginning, of uh, people who are Mudar from each other. A couple of principles to lay out before this Mishnah, and just one note, and that is that the Mishnayot that are presented at the beginning of the chapter, which we will be covering today along with some of the Gemara, are Mishnayot Aleph, Bet, and Gimel of the Perak, uh, roughly half the Perak, and comprise the more knotty issues in the Perak, as you will see. Um, the first uh, preface that's critical here. Is has nothing to do with Nidarim per se, but it will be dealt with in our Mishnah. And that is as follows. The urban setting in which uh, people lived in the times of the Mishnah, and the times of the Gemara, chiefly was as follows. There was, the town had a main street that was a thoroughfare, and off of the main street there were several alleyways, some of which went through to the next thoroughfare, or the next main street, where the businesses were, and some of which were cul-de-sacs and blocked off. This avenue, this alleyway is called a mavui. Each mavui opened up into several courtyards, chatserot, and there was a gate or a door from the mavui that went into each chatser, and each chatser included several houses, two, three, four houses, which shared the courtyard. Now, a shared courtyard was commonly used for things which could not be used in the house, either because of safety or size or noxious fumes, etc., such as putting an oven out there or having chickens out there, etc., and all of the members of the courtyard, by and large, um, didn't mind allowing their co-owner of the courtyard to use this area for that because they would also get such a benefit and be able to use it. Now, here's where the problem starts. Uh, a chatser, a courtyard which has four square amot, uh, is considered to be, uh, sorry, it has eight square amot, is considered to be divisible. It's called a chatser shiyeshbo din chaluka, and we will deal with it formally and more, uh, and more, in more detail at the beginning of Masachet Bavabatra, and it is dealt with there. However, for our purposes, a chatser shiyesh podin chaluka, which means that besides four amot given to each doorway of the chatser, there's also four amot for each chatser owner, then that is a chatser shiyesh podin chaluka, and anyone can request to divide the chatser up, and then they put a certain kind of fence up, that's the first Mishnah Bav Batra, etc. A chatser she'en bodin chalu, and that means that in such a chatser, we can sort of recognize that each person has their own space, one-third or one-half or one-fourth, whatever it is of the chatser. In a chatser that is smaller than that, which is called a chatser she'en bodin chaluka, where there has to be an overriding reason to make a division, because division leaves each person with a very small amount, a chatser she'en bodin chaluka, one can theoretically argue that wherever you're walking, at that moment, you're walking in your own space, and your own space kind of moves with you. That leads us to our Mishnah, but one more preface, and that is as follows. If you recall from the previous parak, 
we in, encountered the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, it's in the beginning of the previous parak, Rabbi Eliezer, who is of the opinion that Hamudar, uh, Mudar Asur, Vitor Asur Mudar that if you are not allowed to get benefit from someone else, that's someone else's foregoing any sort of, uh, cause. And saying, go ahead, I don't mind, is a meaningless statement, and you're still not allowed to get benefit. That was why we said that if you are not allowed to get hanar from somebody, you can't even walk on their property, even though that's the sort of thing that people generally forego. With all of that introduction in hand, let's take a look at our parak. Hashutafin. Hashutafin here means co-owners of a chatzer. Shenadru They are banned from getting hanar from each other. Asurinli kanais lachatzer. They're not allowed to go into the chatzer. Alright? Why? Because each one is going, it's a joint chatzer, each one is going to chatzer that is owned also by the other guy. So he disagrees and says each one can go in and claim that he is in his own chatzer. Now that's as far as moving around. So every step he takes, he can say, right now this is my part, and that's my third, and that's my, or my half. Now, this everyone agrees. Neither one of them may put a permanent structure in there, like a mill or an oven or to raise chickens there, because then yours, it's one thing when you're walking around, you're saying, at this moment, this is my half. It's another thing if you settle in, it's a joined chatzer. Now, let's say that we deal with the case we dealt with throughout the fourth parak, where only one is mudar, A is, has been madir, well, what should we say, to make it easy, B may not get benefit from A. In that case, B may not go into the chatzer, because it's a chatzer that's partially owned by A. Yaakov sticks to his guns and says, even in that case, B can walk into the chatzer and say, where I'm walking right now is my half, and this next step, it's now my half, etc. Now, parenthetically, we force the one who made the neder to sell his part. Now, remember, there's two ways that B can be banned from getting benefit from A. B can say, I won't get benefit from you, or A can say, you can't get your benefit from me. And we said that we're going to force A to sell out his half. That can, of course, only be in a case where A made the neder. You can't have B making a neder and say, I'm not going to get benefit from you, thus forcing A to sell out. That's uh, unfair to A. Okay, let's say that A and B are getting along fine, but there's some outside guy who has taken a, a, a netter hanaf from A. He won't get hanaf from A. Can he walk into the chatzer? Again, Tanakama, same position. The chatzer is co-owned. So this fellow is walking into the chatzer that's owned by A. He can say to A, I'm walking into B's chatzer, not yours. Again, Rabbi Lezman Yaakov says, you can temporarily define each step as being owned by that fellow. Okay, the last Mishnah of this set, Mishnah Gimel, Hamudar Again, B is not allowed to get an R from A. Let's say A owns a bathhouse or owns an olive press in the city, but he has rented it out. Now, the kind of rental that they would normally practice was something akin to a uh, to a percentage, a profit percentage. You'd rent out the bathhouse, and for uh, every guy that came in and paid a dollar, you'd get a dime, or whatever it might be. Okay. Now, if A still has some ownership 
in the in the thing that he's rented or some profit from it, asur. Then you going into a B going into A's bathhouse means that A is getting a nickel for your being there, whatever it might be. mutar. If he doesn't have any financial stake in the in the uh, proceeds of his rental property, then you're allowed to go in. Now, this is a piece that we've already seen. A person says to his friend, I'm taking an Isra'ana from your house that I won't go in, or your field that I won't buy. Then, if he, uh, A, dies, or uh, A sells it to somebody else, it's mutar, because what did B say? I'm not going to benefit from your house or your field. All right, we saw this recently. Uh, but, if he says, I will not benefit from this house or this field, and even if the guy dies or sells it to somebody else, it's Asur, because he banned himself from the property, not from specifically the ownership issue. Now, Ibayalahu, the question was asked right away about our Mishnah. Benadru Pligi? Is our discussion, our dispute between Chachamim and Rolaz and Yaakov only if each one of them took the ned there, banning the other fellow? As A said to B, you can't benefit from me. B said to A, you can't benefit from me. Hediru Zemai. Sorry, uh, is the machloket only when A said, I won't get better from you, and B said, I won't get better from you? But what if they banned each other? Perhaps the Machlok is only when each took his own personal net or banning himself. Maybe the Rabbanon would agree with Rabbanon. After all, if B says to A, you can't benefit from me, then A's inability to walk into the Chatzar is something that's out of his control. So maybe they would agree with Rabbanon that in that case, A can walk in and vice versa. And perhaps the only place where Rabbanon stick to their guns and say, you may not walk in is when you took the netter. Perhaps they disagree all along the line. Toshma, so let's see. Ayachan men mudar mechaver. Look at the second mishnah. The second mishnah was if an outside guy uh, was mudar hana upli grabbanan. Sorry, in our first mishnah we also presented a case where one guy was mudar hana. Now mudar hana makes it sound as if one guy banned the other. A said to B, you can't come in. That's what mudar hana means. And pli grabbanan. So the rabbanan disagreed even there, which means that the rabbanan even maintained. That when A says to B, you can't come into my property, B still has to avoid it, and that's where Lazman Yaakov disagrees. No, Tani Nadur The proper Girsan Mishnah should not be Mudar, where A banned B, but Nadur, B banned himself. If, according to that, where B banned himself from the field, from the other, from the, uh, from getting benefit from A, then Rabbanan say he can't walk into the Chatzar, and Lazman Yaakov says that he can. Hachinami Mistabra, the Gemara then comments that this approach of reading that in the case where one guy was, uh, was banned, it was that A banned B, you can't come into my property, not where B banned himself from the property. How do we know that? Hachinami Mistabra, the Ketani Seifa, because what does it say at the end of that clause? Kofina Tanoderlim Kord Chelko. We force the Noder to sell his part. This is something I mentioned in the Mishnah. If I understand it's proper if A banned B and said you can't come into my property. I understand why we force A to sell out. If we say B banned himself from A, how can we force A to sell out? He was nanas. So therefore we end up, we conclude, 
that the proper understanding of our Mishnah is that the Rabbanan only say that you can't go into the Chatzar if you banned yourself. But if the other fellow banned you, they agree with Rabbi Yosef and Yaakov that you are uh, that you are uh, Ne'anas. Now, Amar Rabba Amar Ze'iri. Ze'iri is a Chacham of the uh, f- f- third generation Amoraim, and we'll have two versions of what he said, and we'll see where the confusion comes in. Amar Rabba Amar Ze'iri. So Rabba quotes Ze'iri as saying, Machlok et sheish pakadei chalukah. That the, the, the dispute in our Mishnah is only if the Chatzar is large enough for dividing. It's Chatzar sheish vodin chalukah, as I mentioned in the introduction. But even Rabbanon would agree that you're allowed to go in if it's a smaller chatzer, because it's not as if we can define it as being belonging to this one or to that one. So each step you take, you can claim as as your step. Rav Yosef says as follows. In a later Mishnah, in our parak, we're going to say that when two people take on an Isra from each other and they're both members of the same city, that anything which is municipally built, they cannot benefit from, and that includes a Beit Knesset. And a Beit Knesset is like a Chatzar She'ein Bo Kedei Chaluka, because you can't divide it. And when we say that both, neither one of them can benefit from that, which means there's got to be some some authority out there who says that even a Chatzar She'ein Bo Kedei Chaluka is Asur, and if you're going to tell me that everybody agrees, then in such a case of mutar, then who's the who's that authority? Rav Yosef says to his colleague Rabba, here's what Ziri really said. The machloket is only if it's small, and that's what I presented at the beginning. If it's large, everyone agrees it's asur, because until you divide it, you can't go in. I'm Ravuna Allah Krabalazim Arabali Ezra bin Yaakov. Ravuna says the Allah is like Rabbi Ezra bin Yaakov. So two of the early Amoraim present that the halacha, and this is indeed the halacha, is, follows Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, and that is that in a chatzer, even if you banned yourself from benefiting from the other fellow, you can go in, uh, because you can claim, I'm in my own part, and that also means that an outside person, as we saw in Mishnah Bet, who has, ban- who has banned himself from getting benefit from one of the fellows, can walk into the chatzer. Okay, if you recall in Mishnah Gimel, we said that if you, uh, if B banned himself from benefiting from A, and A has a bathhouse in the city, and that he's rented out, if he is, has some sort of financial stake in the profits, then B can't go in, and if not, not. How much benefit, how much stake does he have to have? He says a half, a third, even a fourth. So if the, if he gets 25% of the proceeds, it's still a ban. But less than that, it's okay. Abaya says even if it's less than that, any benefit. If every time you go in and a dollar, one penny goes to the owner, you're benefiting him. So if that's the case, according to Abaya, when is it mutar? The Mishnah said, sometimes asur, sometimes mutar. When is it mutar? When he gets a flat fee. In other words, he gets a monthly or yearly rental for the bathhouse. It doesn't matter if nobody comes or everybody comes, same fee, your presence makes no difference. Now, we said in the Mishnah that if you ban yourself, from somebody else's property, if you pin it on his ownership, once he no longer owns it, by death or sale, then it's mutar. If you pin it on the on the place itself, by yitzeh, then it's always banned. Now, Avimi turns it around. By Avimi, what if a man points to his own house and bans another guy from coming in? What happens when the fellow who did the banning dies or sells it? 
Adam also the Rashi Bishutolach Sheitzem Bishutolach. And this is a question we dealt with a couple of dapim earlier. Does a man have the ability to ban something while it's in its property that the ban will be in effect even after it leaves its property? Amarava Toshma. So Rava proved that you can. If a guy bans his son from getting benefit, once the guy dies, the son can inherit. But if the fellow says, you can't benefit from me even after I die, that works. Which means you have the ability to do that. So we can positively infer from here that a man has the ability to ban something while it is in his possession, and that ban will remain in effect even after it is no longer in his possession. Okay, everybody should have a wonderful day. We'll pick up in the next podcast in Hashem at this point and continue on to the Mishnah and Daf Memchet Amur Aleph.